Welcome back to another episode of ODRC Voices. Today we are sitting down with Ed Banks, Managing Director of Organizational Development. So Ed, why don't you take us back to the very beginning of your tenure here with the Department of Corrections and kind of tell us how you started with the department. No, absolutely. I, uh, in 1994, uh, I was working as a police, uh, police officer in my hometown. Uh, at the time they were building uh, the Belmont Correctional Institution. Uh, there was a lot of uh, recruitment for positions at Belmont. Uh, I went to a recruitment fair at a local college. I got some information on the agency and applied uh, thinking I was going to Belmont Correctional Institution. Uh, shortly thereafter, I got a phone call uh, with a job offer to go to the Trumbull Correctional Institution. Uh, still being interested uh, in staying in the field, I went ahead and accepted that position. Uh, so I went to Trumbull in November of 94 uh, as a correction officer. Uh, spent a short time there. Uh, Belmont was then starting to accept transfers. Uh, so I, in July of 95, I transferred back home uh, to Belmont. Uh, where I spent the next 14 years of my career uh, serving as correction officer, lieutenant, captain, uh, then did a two-year stint in a, a temporary assignment as the major there, uh, where I was then promoted to uh, deputy warden of administration, served in that role for about a year, a little over a year. Uh, then I moved to deputy warden of special services uh, when I got uh, a call from Director Collins to serve as the warden of the Hawking Correctional Facility. So I went to Hawking in 2008, uh, spent a little over a year there when an opportunity came up uh, to transfer to the Noble Correctional Institution, uh, where I served until 2012 when Director Moore gave me the opportunity uh, to be in the role that I hold today. Hmm. So when we, when we talk a lot about, especially to um, new team members here with the Department of Corrections, we talk a lot about the opportunity, with, even if you're starting as a correction officer, to move up the ranks at your institution and throughout the department. When we look at your career here at the department, uh, you doing just that, uh, working your way up, what would you say um, was most important as you continued to um, work towards um, your goals within the department? Well, I, I mean, flexibility for one. I mean, uh, my my I guess my vision was always that I was going to be uh, an operations deputy and move on to be a warden. Never uh, once did I think I'd be sitting here today uh, overseeing uh, human resources. I'm glad that my journey took me this way. Uh, but I, you know, I had a path set for me. Uh, there were some uh, changes along the way that I'm glad that I did. Uh, to be open, uh, this, is a, this is a large agency. Uh, to have the opportunity to gain experiences uh, in different disciplines in the department. Uh, I believe have uh, been a benefit uh, along the way uh, to be effective in each of the roles that I've had. So uh, if I would have just been uh, with blinders on uh, with my career set one track, I don't know where I would be today. But when I was given opportunities uh, to, to work in other areas, uh, accepting those opportunities, even if it wasn't what you thought you wanted to do, and then getting there and understanding that it was it was pretty been a pretty neat ride. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, all the positions I've had. Uh, and what's really been important is the folks that uh, gave me those opportunities, folks that took a chance on me, uh, gave me an opportunity to sit in some positions that probably on paper, I, I might not look like a guy for the job, but they gave me the opportunity to get in there uh, and, and to be, uh, to have their support and be effective in those roles. So how long have you been with the department again? Since 94. I'm not good at math. So hopefully someone can figure out how long yeah. that's been. 24 years. <laughs> good enough. <24 laughs> um, 
why have you stayed that long? You know, uh, a colleague of mine, uh, probably put it best, uh, Kim Rowe, who's our uh, chief of human resources, she once said that uh, you started as a job and then it changed to a career and then you really started feeling it became a calling. Uh, when I went to uh, Trumbull as a correction officer, it was all for a paycheck, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I was I actually doubled my wage coming on as a correction officer, what I was making as a, a police officer in my hometown. Uh, so I, I first came in, uh, for, for like I said, for the, for the money, and then uh, as I started to uh, meet different folks and folks took different interest in me, I really started to open my eyes to what the department was. I, I, I started to think more long term. Uh, you know, then, you know, with my daughters at the time, you know, things like benefits became important. Uh, so I said, you know, I'm going to make this a career. Uh, but then as I've, you know, been able to promote throughout the agency, I started to see the impact uh, of the different positions I had uh, and the positions that, that I've held. Uh, and, and I don't, I honestly don't see myself anywhere else. I've, I've been asked that question before. If I was to go somewhere else, where would I go? And I really struggle with that question. I mean, I was 21 years old when I started the department. Uh, this is really all I know. Uh, and the more opportunities I've been given, uh, I guess uh, the more I've been able to see, and I, I don't think I'd want to do anything else right now. So now you tell us why you stayed. How have you been able to be successful? So over the course of these, these 24 years, you know, as you just told us why you stayed, but how have you been able to stay? I know that sometimes this job can be um, demanding. Sometimes this job can be challenging, but at the same time, it can be rewarding as well. Um, so, so how have you been able to sustain your um, level of success throughout the last two decades? Uh, again, going back to the support that I've had, uh, not only my supervisor, but of my coworkers. Uh, success and efficient. I, I like to say I've been effective in all my roles, uh, but I, I also will admit I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, a lot of folks uh, made those mistakes in the uh, teachable moments with me uh, to help me grow uh, as a person and as uh, a correctional profession. Um, so I, I really look at those that I've been surrounded by. Um, the, uh, the support, like I said, um, it personally and professionally, uh, I've had a lot of good folks. Uh, I've been very fortunate uh, to work with some guys and uh, some folks that I still uh, I consider mentors today uh, that uh, I can turn to, and, it, and, and I don't get hung up on the organizational chart. Uh, mentors uh, oftentimes may report to you, may work uh, in the same classification as you, and, and oftentimes they are your supervisor, but uh, I've, I've, man, I've been very fortunate along the way uh, to just cross paths with some folks that have had great influence uh, in my life uh, that I know that the times that, and, and like you said, it, it is demanding. Uh, I, I'd be lying to sit here and say there haven't been times that I said, man, is this really what I want? You know, it, it's getting a little tough. Do I want to stick it out? And then to have folks that you trusted and were comfortable enough to pick up the phone and just be open with about what you were dealing with. And then uh, just the folks that you trusted enough, uh, the, the advice and the direction they provided. Uh, I, I'd have to point to the men and women that have uh, supported me along the way. Let me put you on the spot here. Can you think of um, an individual or two who have played specifically a, a large role um, in your time here? Yeah, I mean, it goes back when I first got to Belmont. Uh, Art Tate was the warden there. Uh, Art has a lot of experience, uh, the wealth of knowledge. Uh, and I always tell folks, I don't know why, but 
uh, Art took a liking to me, uh, treated me like a son. He'll tell people that, uh, you know, that he, he treated me like a son there. Uh, he was one of the first people to really take me under his wing uh, and to help guide me. But not he was he would challenge you. Art Art wouldn't just settle for just keeping things status quo. He always wanted to know what you were doing to better yourself. Uh, Art was the reason I went back to college. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I probably would try to avoid the whole college thing. But uh, uh, Mr. Tate made sure that uh, I was back in school. I worked for a major at the time, Jack Elliott, a uh, guy that's retired now that I still call on a monthly basis. Uh, Jack, uh, considered one of my best friends. Uh, started off as a supervisor now. He's a guy that I consider a best friend. Ed Voorhees in the agency. Uh, Ed and I worked together at Belmont. Uh, it's kind of, you know, when I went to Noble, it was because he had got promoted from Noble. So I filled in behind him. Uh, he's always been somebody I call Mark Saunders, a guy that's retired, a uh, warden that's retired. is somebody that I, I've always leaned on. And then, uh, of course, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Ernie Moore. Uh, Ernie was a mentor selected uh, when I was going through executive leadership. Uh, um, it was in 08 as well. And uh, Ernie was uh, somebody that, uh, even to this day has invested a lot in me and then uh, really recently uh, Gary Moore uh, a guy that uh, has helped me to look at this agency in a completely different light um, you talk about opportunities uh, I'm walking the yard with no at Noble with the director uh, and he starts talking about the chief people person um, and here we are today uh, it's just a guy that uh, it, to have a comfort level to walk in the director's office and sit down and say, I don't know what to do in this situation. Can you help me? Uh, that's pretty fortunate to be in that situation. And Gary, uh, on and off the clock, has been somebody that I can pick up the phone and call. Uh, another man that will always challenge you. Uh, as most people know, uh, Gary will uh, not settle for just the status quo. He's always looking to how we can do things better, how we can fulfill our role as public servants. Uh, and Gary has really helped me uh, to understand a lot about myself as a father uh, and as uh, in the role that I'm in. So I could, I mean, there's been so many people along the way that have uh, helped me, um, but those are some of the ones that uh, really stand out. Um, I had, I've got a, a couple other colleagues, uh, Chris LaRose, uh, who's the warden up at NEOC, Jay Forshee, who's one of our program administrators. Uh, the three, they, we worked together at Noble, a time that I point to as probably one of the highlights of my career, one of the greatest times I, I've had in this agency. The three of us uh, kind of came up to the department together and then to be able to spend time in leadership roles, uh, we actually uh, rode to work and rode, we rode to and from work together. So we, were, uh, we would uh, have debates on the way to work and uh, a lot of laughs. Uh, but it was it was a, probably the highlight of my career uh, serving as a warden at Noble and having Jay and uh, Chris LaRose down there. Some some good times. So how has this department evolved from 1994 to 2018? Uh, well, for me, I, you know, you know, I was working at Trumbull uh, as a correction officer in one of the blocks up there. I didn't realize how big the agency was. Uh, I, I really didn't. I mean, D DRC was about as big as 12 West cell block at Trumbull uh, to me. Uh, that's all I knew. Um, uh, but now that, you know, I've been able to take a, a, a bigger view of the agency, um, you know, Director Moore always says, you know, for, for years we focused on just keeping a lid on things. Uh, as long as everything inside the prison was going okay, we considered that success to some extent, to some extent what I know. 
uh, I, I think more uh, is, is not just in DRC but in state government as we become more transparent uh, we really started to fill our role as public servants uh, you know it's expectation of Gary's uh, and of directors before that uh, as leaders we're not only involved in DRC business uh, but we're making sure we're out in the community so what we can do uh, to, to truly uh, to be a partner uh, for other agencies sometimes that you wouldn't imagine uh, things like working with ODOT you know people don't expect that to be a natural partner of DRC uh, but um, we, we do things with ODOT and, and, and other agencies and a lot of local uh, state government uh, to be able to partner with those folks and have an impact uh, on those local communities uh, I, I think I've really started to see that evolve uh, our focus on our offenders not only when they're inside uh, our, our uh, facilities uh, are you know obviously as an agency we have a, a greater focus on communities right now uh, our great folks in parole uh, inside the facilities overall are just really starting to see the agency uh, as what it truly is as a criminal justice partner in, in Ohio so when you came on as chief people person as you're known <laughs> when you came on as as um, under that role and as you continue to develop in that role what is your mindset or your focus been um, leading the efforts of human resources for the Department of Corrections and and, and again uh, that when I was talking about the way that Gary has had and helped me to look at the agency differently uh, you know as a captain as a major uh, I, there was a time that I thought it, it you know, thinking of, you know, our positions, you know, we could hire whoever, you know, just hire anybody and we'll train them to do, uh, the job that, that they're hired in for. And looking back, I, I realized how silly that was. Um, uh, Gary has helped me to understand that, uh, you know, we, we, we are clear about our mission. And I think today, uh, with over 12,000 employees, you would struggle to find somebody that doesn't know what they stand for in this agency. Uh, our mission uh, of reducing recidivism, I think, has cascaded to all levels of the agency. Uh, and we, uh, and, and there, are so, there is so much experience in the HR services of this agency. And I, I don't know that everybody recognizes that. Uh, and when you take those folks and you, you talk about, let's transition to looking for folks that match that mission that are aligned with that mission on the front end, uh, you can be a, uh, you, you don't have to be a, a correction uh, professional to understand the value in reducing recidivism. And there are a lot of folks uh, throughout uh, Ohio uh, that believe in what we're doing. Uh, and we, we're trying to get out and talk to those folks and say, you know, <laughs> get off the sidelines. Why don't you come on, come on into the game uh, and be a part of this team, uh, be a part of the DRC family. Uh, and by finding folks uh, that already have those core values that we're looking for, uh, the technical side, we can. We can teach you that part. Uh, what we can't change are those, uh, those you know, the, the core values within people. So we're looking for folks uh, that demonstrate characteristics that are right in line with that mission and the vision of the agency. Uh, and that's been a big change for me personally uh, is, you know, uh, we went from, you know, as a captain, as a major, I sat on so many interviews uh, and we would ask a lot of scenario-based questions. Uh, we'd be asking folks that have never stepped foot in uh, a facility how they would respond to different incidents within the facility. And looking back, a lot of those answers started by, well, I really don't know, but if I was the guest, this is how you would respond. And we were making hiring decisions based on those hypothetical answers. 
Uh, we switched about four years ago to more behavioral-based interviews, uh, trying to judge uh, folks, not to try to look at folks' past experiences as the best predictor of their future behaviors, uh, and trying to really gear our questioning uh, to how folks were responding to uh, different situations, and then how that would uh, how that would relate in a, a position within DRC. Uh, and when you start talking to the folks that are in HR at DRC, they get excited about those things, uh, the opportunities to look at uh, recruitment and retention and onboarding differently. And I, I think even when when I first took this job, I, the term HR, most people equate to just personnel. And Gary has really helped me to open my eyes to HR is really the whole people business from training uh, to labor, you know, to EEO, to our research into uh, uh, what, whether it be hiring or whatever it may be. Uh, HR is, is widespread. It's, in, it's, it's the people business. And I guess that's where Gary come up with the chief people person. I guess that's where, where that title came from. But when you really look and you get all those folks talking collectively about the success of the employees we're bringing uh, through through the door, uh, that's when we're really going to start to see things move. And I think we're really uh, taking great strides in that. And uh, like I said, the experience that's which that's within those ranks in DRC now, uh, they, they're coming back, challenging different things, looking at uh, challenging the norm, I guess, uh, saying, you know, why, why are we doing this? There, there are new ways and folks that are open to um, just some creative means uh, of, of attracting folks to our agency. And, and that seems to be the biggest hurdle that we have. Uh, so many folks have the wrong impression about what we do in this agency. Uh, maybe that's because of TV or, or Hollywood or whatever it may be. Uh, so that, uh, and we have a, a lot of folks in HR that have taken that role on now about educating. Educating the community, educating folks about all the good things that are happening uh, in DRC and just how how strong uh, the DRC family really is. Uh, and when people really start to understand that, I, I think uh, recruitment will start, start taking care of itself. If people really understood what we did, uh, filling positions would be simple in this agency. And with your experience the last 24 years and specifically um, in your role as a managing director, you get to interact a lot with the people who are working down in the trenches day by day here in the Department of Corrections. ODRC is seen nationally as a leader when it comes to um, corrections work and specifically uh, work to reduce recidivism. How crucial are those individuals who make up the workforce in the Department of Corrections to the powerful work that is being done? I've said it time and time again. Uh, you know, promoting into the positions that I've got in. Uh, uh, to be here today, I, I have the opportunity uh, to, you know, to travel and talk to folks throughout the country. Uh, but it's not about me. It, it, it's about what those folks are doing. None of this would be possible uh, without uh, the men and women that day in and day out are, are oftentimes putting themselves in situations that most people would run from. Um, the, the, the loyalty, the commitment, the dedication, not only to the agency, but to Ohio, that the 12,000 uh, 12, plus employees of our agency possess, I, I think oftentimes gets underestimated or uh, it, it's under-recognized. Um, the folks uh, that, that, that are working for us right now, uh, that are part of our team, uh, are out there 
uh, doing things in, innovative beyond what most people re even realize. Uh, and, and that's a lot deeper than just the, the, like I said, you get caught up in organizational charts. I think sometimes you miss that. Um, but we, I think we have a lot of folks in leadership roles now uh, that, that don't miss that, that, that do understand that. Uh, you know, there are, you know, I started as a correction officer. I, you know, I walk, I walk that beat. I, I know what those, it's one of the most difficult jobs in the agency, if not the most difficult job in the agency. But I am so proud to sit here today and tell you I, I, I held that rank. Uh, I think, you know, you went back to one of your earlier questions. What's helped me make it through this agency? I think it's been my experiences uh, as a correction officer, uh, at working in the trenches as a correction officer, as a lieutenant, as a captain. Those experiences there are things that uh, they extend beyond any classroom. Uh, and uh, a lot of that uh, has helped what was guiding my career. And I, I would take the, the folks that we have uh, throughout Ohio uh, walking the beat today, and I'll put them up against anybody in the country, and, and I've talked to other agencies. Uh, I've been in meetings where I've asked people's opinion on things, and I, I, this is literally a response I received one time. We will do in our state what we always do. We'll wait and see Ohio, then we'll copy what you guys are doing. Uh, that I wish more people got to experience that part of the business, uh, to actually uh, get out and uh, enjoy all the compliments that this agency uh, receives. Uh, Director Moore has done a great job of exposing the work of DRC to the to the country and to the world to some extent, uh, uh, and has really uh, helped us to uh, secure our spot uh, up there on the national spotlight. So before I let you go, can you think of maybe a story or two that stands out over your 24 years um, of experience, one or two stories that stands out most to um, your time with the Department of Corrections. Yeah, I, yeah, I talked about uh, work at uh, when I was a warden at Noble. Um, a warden is probably hands down one of the greatest jobs in the agency uh, because of um, you get to see something from start to finish and uh, there's so many people that you interact with. I've watched so many people's kids grow up, hear so many stories, but uh, prior to leaving Noble, uh, we were preparing for an ACA audit. And you talk about folks in the trenches. Uh, uh, you had third shift correction officers uh, j just really going above and beyond to ensure that dorm, dorms were standing tall, were shining, uh, people uh, taking extra work crews into our uh, dining facilities to, uh, uh, to really think, make things really stand tall to start this audit. Uh, folks did a lot of hard work, put in a lot of hard work, uh, preparing files, uh, just being out and talking with auditors and uh, explaining they've done they were they were just so professional throughout that three-day process to stand in that multi-purpose room for the audit closeout and to hear auditors from across the country so complimentary uh, of that facility uh, and then to read off the scores of a hundred percent across the board with an audit that's it's pretty hard to, to talk that and to see the folks uh, we had we filled the multi-purpose. We tried to get as many folks over there as we could, uh, and to see the folks that did the work, uh, their response uh, to that audit. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like you know, winning the big game. You know, when when the audit was over, everybody was hugging, uh, taking pictures. We had a good time. Uh, that that was truly uh, one of those moments in my career uh, that that really stand out for me. Um, and then you know, when 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 I was uh, 
uh, a warden. I also got to serve as the president of the Ohio Wardens Association. Uh, that allowed me, afforded me some opportunities, like I said, uh, to sit at some tables uh, with folks from around the country uh, and then to have those folks asking you about what's going on in your state, which you're a part of, uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty big. And then uh, in, in my current role, um, you know, to have the opportunity uh, that the director uh, to, to, to be out there and meet some of the people that I've had a chance to meet are, are things that I often tell Gary, I can't wait to get home and tell my mom and dad about this one. Uh, you know, because this is just things I never imagined uh, that my career, you know, working a, a third shift at uh, a cell block in Trumbull to getting to walk into the, uh, you know, the, the, the governor's office with the director, just things you don't, you never, you don't dream about doing. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to be an ops deputy or a, 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 my first goal was to be a sergeant. That's all I really wanted to be. Uh, and then to have the opportunity to walk alongside the director into some uh, meetings like that. And again, uh, represent the work of the over 12,000 folks in our agency. Uh, pretty, pretty remarkable times. Cool. Well, Ed, we thank you for making the time to sit down with us today and, and sharing your story with everybody out there. Thank you. I appreciate it.